Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey, everybody. Let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. This is the main event, Mark's podcast on the Unhinged Sports Network. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, cat dad, former radio guy, Troy. And with me as always, my co-host with the most, he is the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia and the main event collector. He is the Doug Williams to my Brutus Magnus. He is Greg. What's up, Greg? What's up? I got rid of all my cats and I am not looking back. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, you just got a dog now. That's all I want. I'm very happy with uh, with the, yes, six cats <laughs> that I have right now. I uh, just want to welcome you all into the, the second lockdown podcast of the month. Obviously, we have had to switch around a lot of things because of Peacock and their, their you know, what they have in their library, what they don't have in their library. Uh, we will get into the future. We actually finally have nailed down a definitive schedule for the last couple of shows of the month here. Uh, but we kind of called an audible with Bumping Up Spring Stampede 1994 last week. Thank you to all of you who tuned in and listened. And uh, obviously th- we're bumping this one down to review it now. Lockdown 2011. I, uh, th- I thought we were just going to blame COVID. That seems to be the thing. Yeah. Uh, the uh, plans changed. Why? COVID. That doesn't because COVID. F you. That's why. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. You work from home. Shut up. But anyway, yeah. So this is our first recording we've done post WrestleMania, actually. So, uh, yes, we had the last one in the can before WrestleMania. So I thoroughly enjoyed WrestleMania. It seems to have been a big hit 
even with the uh, the people that love to cry and moan online, the, even they liked it. So they did something right this year, man. And it was a it was a weird one. I know you loved it. I did, and I didn't see anyone crying or anything because I don't care to look anymore. So. Yeah, and I was going to say, even if there were people crying about it online, I didn't see it. So all the people that I follow don't usually do that kind of crap because I avoid it. So, yeah, it was all it seemed positive all the way around. I heard some people say it was in their top five favorite WrestleManias of all time, actually. So I I don't know. Uh, I mean, it, I thought it was really good. I appreciated it. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to next year when I believe it's going to be a jam-packed Jerry's World next year. All goes right. I will be there. Yep. And uh, that 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 should be a, a good experience. So but this man, we're going back to the year 2011. We're going 10 years in the past. I've always enjoyed the lockdown shows. Have they been a, a favorite of yours or just kind of another pay-per-view for you? The, er- the earlier ones were. No, you kind of soured on it after a while. This may have been the last one I ever watched, honestly. I might have watched 12. Huh. I would have to go back because I honestly don't remember. It, it all kind of blurs for me after a certain time. Because when the Aces and Eight stuff started happening, I was still very into it. Uh, wait, 2012, I think. Wasn't 2012 lockdown? Wasn't that the one where Bully Ray revealed to be revealed himself to be the leader of Aces and Eights? If it was, that might have been the last one I watched. I don't okay. Know. Honestly, it all just runs together at this point to me. Right, yeah. I mean, this was 10 years ago. I can distinctly so. remember the very first one, because I still think that was one of the very best ones. Oh, in 05? Yeah. Yeah, so. I haven't... I, I'd have to go back and watch that. That was the one where... uh was we, and Abyss. And... Oh, yeah. Uh, what I remember the... Uh, and, and I don't remember the match specific, specifically. I just remember uh, it was Jeff Jarrett and his team versus, supposedly, Kevin Nash and his team. But Kevin Nash had to pull out because he was sick, and they replaced him with BG James in the lethal lockdown. Yeah, because, you know, that made sense. Yeah, right. Well, hey, they had Billy Gunn on the other team, so, you know, whatever. The outlaw. Right, yes. (laughs) But anyway, uh, we're going to get into the news and notes here in a minute, but I do want to let everybody know we are sponsored by Fubo and Fanatics here at the Main Event Marks and the Unhinged Sports Network as a whole. If you want to cut the cord and give the middle finger to them overpriced cable providers, Fubo TV is definitely the way to do it. They provide over 100 channels, cloud DVR, and no early cancellation fees. Sign up for your free trial today. As far as Fanatics, that's where you can go to get your officially licensed sports swag. They are official partners with the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, PGA, and more. Greg gets a ton of sports swag there. It is officially. Don't hate my swag. It is officially baseball season, so go there to get all of your stuff. If you are, uh, you know, still proud of your your uh, baseball team and they don't uh, embarrass your entire city, so you know they <laughs> can do that. So, but uh, yeah, so if you are a dedicated fan and if you are a fan of the Unhinged Sports Network, you're definitely going to want to check out Fanatics and get all of your gear, whether it's hats or jerseys or T-shirts or whatever and they have weekly fan cash deals so check them out yeah we're sitting on 68 whole cents right now (laughs) wow nice and uh yeah you get your your baylor men's uh basketball championship gear if you're into ncaa and if you give a crap about baylor university that's uh right there front and center man if you're into that sort of thing right 
but we are going to take our uh, oh, and they also have or they also have 2021 draft hats for the NFL draft coming up. So if you want to prepare for the draft, man, get your Jacksonville Jaguars baseball cap now. You can just see Trevor Lawrence just floundering already. <laughs> We're gonna take oh, our. First... Man, I just turned somebody off. I guarantee it. <laughs> We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we are going to dive into all the news and notes from this time in the year 2011. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. It's the very best of professional wrestling's past every Monday on Retro. Wrestling Review. I'm your host, Troy, and together we'll hop on my time-traveling wrestling ring and watch along to the greatest matches from yesteryear in the sport of kings. As complex, as controversial, and as brilliant, really, as he is. On Triple R, we'll cover matches from across the world, including American territories, Canada, Mexico, and Japan. Fast action, lots more than that. You'll learn some things, find out about wrestlers and matches you never even knew about, and we'll have some laughs. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Retro Wrestling Pod. Retro Wrestling Review is available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube, served up fresh every Monday morning. Unbelievable! The crowd! Absolutely stunned! Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand-assembled in the USA, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you, ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we are back. It's time to dive into all the news and notes from April of 2011. On the most recent edition of SmackDown in the UK, Edge surrendered the world title and retired. They had ads for the UK tour listing Edge versus Alberto Del Rio as the main event. Obviously, that didn't happen. Plan change. Yeah, right. I forgot he did this in the UK. I don't think he did. That sounds like an error. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? It happened right at WrestleMania, so... Maybe they mean he was scheduled for the UK tour right after WrestleMania and it didn't happen. So, uh, I don't know. But yeah, either way. Man, I, yeah, 2011, he retired. 2021, he's in the main event of WrestleMania. For the world title, or excuse me, universal title. Never would have called that, man. It was, uh, it, it, and the thing was, you know, sometimes you see guys return back from injury and they're holding back and, you know, they kind of, they're a little different. I feel like Edge looks like he hasn't missed a step. Yeah, he definitely looks great. Yeah, him, him and Daniel Bryan are the only two people that, like, really come to memory that it's like they came back from career ending injuries and they look better than ever. Well, Dan Bryan wasn't gone that long, though. No, what was it, four years, three years, something like that? But still, it's just the fact that he'd been at, you know, he, he was able to come back so strong. 
And then Edge, a 10, well, nine-year layoff, because I guess he popped up last year at the Royal Rumble. But, but man, he's just, he's in the best shape of his life. I just, God dang it, look at him. He's a Canadian vascular specimen. He's Canadian, and he plays a Viking on TV. What the hell? He does. He's in that show Vikings, I guess. He talks about it sometimes. Anyway, speaking of Canadians... Clearly, I pay attention. Yeah. Speaking of Canadians, though, Chris Jericho is not only going to be on the latest season of Dancing with the Stars, but Fozzie will be opening in the UK for the Big Four, which is Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, and Anthrax. He also indicated that he would return to the WWE right after Dancing with the Stars wrapped up. Yeah. I think he does. Is that when he came back and he wasn't speaking? He would just come out and yeah, like not talk? Was... was it that one? Or this might have been... Yeah, no, this was way pre-list. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I oh. can't remember. I want to say this was when he came back not talking, but I could be completely wrong. That... That was my least favorite return of his of all time. You know what but, I think about when I see Chris Jericho not hearing him speak? Yeah, right. Yeah, one of the greatest <laughs> talkers in, in the history of the business. And uh, they were going to have him come out and, and just pump his arms and, yeah, yeah. And then he leaves. I mean, it's not like he's actually got huge arms either, so. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But he's he's got a shiny jacket, though, Greg. Oh, well, then. Yeah, I did not know this, by the way, uh, our, our guest a couple of weeks ago, Jimmy uh, Pilato, let me know about this. Uh, he messed up his back really bad on Dancing with the Stars. Did you know that? Uh, no, but yeah, I didn't he's, follow it. <laughs> I, I didn't either, but I guess he was talking about that because that's why he got into DDPY, because he, di- he slipped a couple of discs doing that move where like, the girl's like between you, the legs and he like pulls them up, whatever. Listening. Good lord. But he like pulls him up between the legs and stands him back up. And I guess when he did that, he, he slipped a couple of discs in his back. And if he had surgery, they said his career was going to be over. So in steps DDP. Man, so, his career was going to be coming out of a box, what you just said, or what? <laughs> DDP came out of a box. I think you can order DDP. Oh, no, you can a pink Cadillac. We talking about? Good grief. Uh, this this isn't a huge story, but it's something that just like I forgot it was during this time. WWE has been airing vignettes for Awesome Kong, now being called Karma. Oh yeah, where she's ripping the heads off of Barbie dolls and laughing maniacally. <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah, this was yeah this was April, and she, she was go in... there for beating the hell out of Bubba Love Sponge. <laughs> yeah, basically. And then she laughed. I love her for that. <laughs> well, I think she threatened to beat him up, and I wish she would have. Just do that spinning back fist right to his big, stupid face. I think Eric Bischoff said he took her out for a huge steak dinner after. Yeah, right. <laughs> he, he said, said that on his podcast. He was, like, being serious. He did. <laughs> yeah, he said he, he was like, if I could have given her a raise, I would have. <laughs> yeah, so Karma, she wasn't there very long. I know she was in the... She was, what was the 2012 Royal Rumble, wasn't she? She popped up in the men's Rumble. Yeah, and beat up Michael Cole. <laughs> yeah. And then I know she was, I don't remember the timeline very much, but I know it all ended because she came out, the divas surrounded her, and then she grabbed the microphone and said, I'm pregnant, and started crying. Well, she didn't say I'm pregnant. She fell on her knees and cried, and we rolled that next week. 
Oh, <laughs> good lord. Good lord, that's way better, actually. Yeah, but it's just like, yeah. and then and then she never returned. And it's, but it's not like she re- retired from wrestling. They just never brought her back to Did WWE. She go to All Petite for a minute. She was there for like a couple of months, and yeah, she was part of the Nightmare Collective. I, I think that's what it was called. I don't know that stupid Brandy Rhodes group that didn't do anything, and it all Being ended. Stupid. Uh, well, it had Brandy Rhodes and Luther in it, so yeah, I stand by what I said. And Is uh, QT in that too? Is he a huge star now? Huge star QT Marshall. What's, what's wow. So. Good <laughs> lord. You just called him a huge star. <laughs> They're trying to do something with him, but nobody gives a damn about QT Marshall. Right. Uh, but no, it all, that Nightmare Collective ended because Awesome Kong said, this is stupid, I'm going home. <laughs> so, there you go. So we have Thanks her. Thanks for that. Okay. She deserves another steak dinner. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, a scene was edited from the WWE Tough Enough Elimination process where Steve Austin asked contestant Michelle Dayton, Dayton, whatever. Yeah, Dayton. <laughs> Holy uh, crap. Uh, Steve Austin asked her what her favorite match was. Well, how do you pronounce her name? Arian Andrews or whatever? I don't know. What the hell was her name in the Funkadactyls? Cameron. Cameron. Yeah, that was it. Let's just call her Cameron. Uh, well, she sealed her fate on the program by naming Melina versus Alicia Fox <laughs> as her all-time favorite oh match. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's got to be right up there with like, the dumbest answers in history. Well, like, for anything, was, not just wrestling. Like in- <laughs> I know. She was also unable to name another match. Uh, that Dayton or Dayton girl, whatever, said, she said Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. So she actually had a decent answer, but they edited it off of the actual show. I mean, yeah, that one. Suit by Martha. Yeah. Well, oh, I didn't even think about that aspect of it. My thing was just like, yeah, uh, I mean, because she actually named a good match. <laughs> but. Yeah, that that other one, it's like the Andrew girl. It's like, really? Like, that's like, so you've been watching wrestling for a month? And then you're like, I'm going to go on this the reality one? show. I'm sure there's something way better than that even in that month. <laughs> I know. I just, Melina versus Alicia Fox. And both are decent wrestlers, but like, no. Just no. Did show up in all petite as well? She was in that women's tournament. Yeah, because they, they padded out their... I thought they had signed her, but she hasn't been back since that terrible <laughs> women's tag tournament. No, I wouldn't have keeping her keeping her on payroll. I guess WWE has a trademark on it where she used to say, girl, bye. They must have, because she said something similar to that that was different enough so they don't get sued. <laughs> okay. <sighs> trademark that crap, but whatever. Dude... These companies trademark the dumbest crap. Anyway, uh, sticking with the women here, Trish Stratus confirmed last Friday via radio interview that she was snubbed by John Morrison at WrestleMania. He wasn't interested in listening to her suggestions in their bout. And that well, yeah, she... he was talking to Snooki instead. Yeah. Well, and that uh, when she went to hug him during the post-match celebration, he gave her the cold shoulder. The assumption backstage is that Melina was in her uh was in his ear because she believed stratus was taking quote her spot on the pay-per-view event 
<sighs> Good Lord. I'm going to pause there. Yeah, because Molina was was uh, in the same league as Trish Stratus. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, man. Wasn't she? And, I, my whole thing about that is I think she was a heel at that time. So it really worked? I know. It's like, that's another thing. Like, really? Uh, but Val Venus, who considers Trish Stratus a friend, tweeted this to Morrison and Molina, quote, Keep trying to turn that hoe into a housewife. F you, Molina. F you, Morrison. Try to knock my T-dot girl Trish, who actually earned a spot. End quote. And there's more to it, but that's the most colorful of it. Uh, <sighs> we all know he can get very colorful. Yeah, Val Venus, who uh, did not become famous after wrestling for porn, but for conspiracy theories and really loving weed. <laughs> okay. I wonder if those have anything to do with one another. Yeah, right. Oh, my gosh. This one I thought was a funny story. The Rock tweeted, quote, Landed here in Houston Airport where a woman is claiming to be my sister. My security is handling. Don't recall having a sister, end quote. And then he tweeted after that, quote, Turns out the woman in... Uh, I'm, it's it's bad spelling, so I'm going to clean it up. Turns out that a woman and her son are a big fan and drove four hours to meet me and even bought a plane ticket to come through security, dot, 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 wow, end quote. He eventually met the family and tweeted a picture saying, quote, next time, don't lie. Well, I mean, he got them what they wanted, didn't it? I know. It's like, isn't that kind of rewarding bad behavior? <laughs> <laughs> he's too He's too nice for his own good sometimes, I think. So, I don't know. <laughs> uh, the New Haven Independent has an article up discussing Linda McMahon making an appearance at a local community center she has previously donated money to and another possible run at a Senate seat. Uh, How'd that go? <laughs> I want, was that the one where uh, they, they show Vince like crying on stage while she's giving her concession speech? I never even knew that was a thing, so... Yeah, she's giving her concession, because everybody, like, zoomed in on Vince's face, and he's, like, crying, and people are like, you know, he's not crying because she's, like, necessarily because she lost. She, he's crying because he's like, I sunk millions of dollars into this thing. <laughs> like, dude, she had no chance of winning. Like, for God's sake. Anyway, Devin Hannibal Nicholson, who made the recent... That was a mouthful? <laughs> who made the recent documentary... Don't bleed on me. Hell of a name for a documentary. Uh, get, um, is it just like a play on Don't Tread on Me? Maybe. I don't know. I didn't even think about that part of it. But he gave an interview to Slam Wrestling about how uh, having hepatitis C stopped his path to WWE and how he was told uh, there was a licensing issue rather than a medical issue. So, okay, first of all, it was a medical issue if you have hep C. They're not going to give you a license to wrestle. So that's – he's full of crap there. Second of all, I feel bad for him but because if I remember correctly, this is the one where he, he claimed he got hep C because he did a match with Abdullah the Butcher who has hep C. Gee, oh, man. Yeah, and, and Abdullah never told anybody, and he bled on him, and he infected him. Like I said, I think this is a story. I'm not, and I and I don't know Abdullah's medical history, obviously, but yikes. And and people were saying they're like, look, we feel bad for the guy, but he like he's like because of this, I'll never go to WWE. And they're like, 
WWE was never even looking at you. Like you hadn't, you didn't have a shot at WWE. So this is just like what? And again, I'm not, you know, I feel bad for the guy, but that's just like that's adding crap that wasn't true. Speaking of crap that wasn't true, Jesse Ventura's conspiracy theory was not mentioned during, which was a show, by the way, uh, that was not mentioned during the True TV upfronts yesterday, which could mean that the show is not returning. I don't think it did. I think it continued on like a YouTube form for like a 30 minute, like every week or something like that for a minute. Wow. I like how people like mock him about it because he would just like run up to these people and throw out some weird conspiracy theories to it, and they and they act like they're like what the f are you talking about? He's like I just want answers, and it's like about what? Wow. <laughs> In that voice too. Yeah. Right. That show was I I've never seen a full episode, but I've seen clips. That's like that's effing wild, man. If anybody wants to dive down a really weird rabbit hole and have themselves a fun afternoon, look it up. <sighs> Speaking of weird rabbit holes, Hulk Hogan and company recently began production on Micro Championship Wrestling. Oh, God. The first episode would not air until September of this year on True TV. <sighs> this didn't go anywhere for anybody that, you know, needed a <laughs> needed some... Uh, you know, backstory to this. It was it was little people wrestlers. I guess is that the is that the pr- correct pronunciation? Okay, all right. Not to, I don't want to offend anybody, but I'm pretty sure when it become when it comes into wrestling, mm. they actually prefer it to be called midget wrestling. Yeah, I heard that straight from Hornswoggle. They, well, these one because it's these, not it's not defining <laughs> the person. I guess it's yeah. Uh, it's a style. Yeah. yeah. That's, I believe that's what they call it. Now, if like it's not, I, I apologize. I'm not trying to offend anybody. It's just that's what I've been. That's what I've heard. Like it's specifically supposed to be called midget wrestling. So, my favorite was when Eric Bischoff was talking about this, and he was like, "Well, I, I'm not trying to offend anybody by, you know." He's like, "I, you know, I guess we're not supposed to say the the term midget, so you know, I'll call them little people." And he went on, and at the end, uh, Conrad was like, "I like how you said I'm not supposed to say the word, and then you said the word." <laughs> Uh, uh, one quick thing on that too. I've heard Hornswoggle say this on on the major podcast. He said mm-hmm. that if you're in wrestling and you're a little person, you're making money off of it. It makes no sense to get offended by that word because that word's putting money on your table or food on your table. Right. Uh, so I don't know. I, I'm not sitting glorifying it. I'm just saying. Well, it's, it's like not. Well, John I mean, Mulaney. It's not politically correct, but I don't think it's offensive. That's well, John I, Mulaney had a had a a stand-up bit about this where, you know, cause he's a comedy writer and he writ- wrote something in this and a little person came up to him and said, you can't say midget in this skit. And he's like, why not? He said, cause that's like the N word to us. And he said, no, it's not. You know why I know it's not because you said the word midget. You will not say the N word. Therefore it is not the same thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think that <sighs> if you're using it in like a, in not a derogatory way, that's what I think. Yeah, I, I really don't. This is just full of landmines, and it's, yeah, I, right. I don't know what I'm stepping on and what I'm not stepping on. And, yeah, we're not trying to be offensive here. We're trying to be, you know, as uh, uh, sensitive about it as possible. But, obviously, maybe they call them micro-wrestlers? I don't know, because it's micro-championship wrestlers. Well, it seems so. to me, to me, that's actually more offensive. Like, yeah. 
I mean, makes them sound like toys. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, man. Just well, stand on the. Personally, I will never use the word on on a little person ever. But no, I mean, unless just me. But I'm never. Unless they flat out it. tell me. Unless they flat out tell me. I, I'd rather you call me a, a midget. And it's like, okay, I'll respect your wishes, you know, but I don't know. Either way, uh, sticking on the true TV stories here. Uh, last one I got from that was, <laughs> I just thought this was funny. Eric Bischoff and Jason Hervey are producing a show on true TV called bear swamp recovery. It's a repo show. Bear swamp recovery. Yeah. Bear sounds like something you're really white uncle and grandpa watch. This is crap that my dad would watch. There you go. Like when he's, yeah. So, because he would watch, there was a show he always used to watch called, like, uh, I think it was like Lizard Lick Towing or something like that. And it was based in Lizard Lick, South Carolina. And, like, they made it so obvious that it wasn't anywhere near real and everything was staged in the show, but they filmed it like it was, you know, real. Because some of the – like, everything on the show is just, like, so outrageous. It's like, this didn't happen. These people aren't this freaking hick. I, I mean, they're hicks, but, like, they, they amped it up for the camera. Can we say that? I can say it. I'm white enough. I, I, can have, I can have to say it. Yeah, right. I lived in Arkansas for two years. Damn it, I earned my right. Anyway. Yeah, uh, I don't think that's the right you want to be – bragging about though but that is true uh getting into the tna I stuff my right sleep my second cousins i lived in that in kentucky hey you know stay. my best friend came up to me the other day and he said hey you know i i feel really bad i slept with my second cousin and i said if it makes you feel that bad quit counting <laughs> anyway Getting into the uh, oh, get, God. getting into the TNA news here. Uh, this will play into the pay-per-view, the story here, but you know whatever. Madison Rain recently became the longest-running TNA Women's Knockout Champion of all time, besting Awesome Kong's 178-day reign with a, a title reign from October 23rd, 2008, to April 19th, 2009. So there you go. Um, I don't know. I might be in the minority on this, but man, that woman is terrible. She sucks at everything she does, except looking good. I literally just messaged this to a friend because he's uh, as we're recording this, they released released a bunch of people. The Iconics are two of them. I literally like ten seconds ago just messaged him. Just because you look good doesn't mean you're a great wrestler. That is so true. Good. Yep. I, uh, yeah, she um. I don't know, she, was, she, wasn't, she wasn't a good commentator either. They insisted on keeping her on payroll. They made her a commentator in Impact Wrestling for a while until she herself had to step down. Yeah, I think um, Angelina Love was the the wrestler of the group, and she yeah. was still just decent. Right. Um, Velvet Sky was so-so. She wasn't very good either. But anyway... Matt Hardy posted on his most recent video blog. Oh, God. He stated that his brother Jeff is considering retiring from wrestling. Hardy added that Jeff may need serious back surgery. He also mentioned that his lockdown match, as well as, be, or he, he mentions his lockdown match, excuse me, as well as being on friendly terms with Edge again. Edge's wife, or excuse me, not Edge's wife, uh, Jeff's wife, Beth, 
refuted the retirement claim on her Twitter account, writing, quote, Jeff hasn't said anything to anybody about retiring. Yeah, well, go. clearly we know which one's the liar here because it's 2021 and he's still wrestling. Right. Uh, real quick, shout out to the, I mean, not that they listen, but, you know, uh, condolences to the Hardy Boys they who just lost their father. Uh, you know, as of the posting of this, it'll be a couple weeks ago. But that Yeah, the same sucked. week, poor Shotzi lost her dad too. Wow. Yeah. That's horrible, man. Yeah, bad time for both of them. So, yeah, condolences to Shotzi Blackheart, too. So, uh, Speaking of Jeff Hardy, Sting recently sat down with Alex Marvez, who uh, didn't last on the AEW commentary table very long. Is that Talk- Officer Bar Brady? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I forgot he did that Cornette calls him that. Um, I had to, to look that up like last week. Like, who the hell is that? And then I was like, oh, my God, I've, I've seen him a million times. I just didn't. Like, I don't know why. Anything. I, I still don't say. understand why he calls him Officer Bar Brady because he's like he doesn't sound or look like him. <laughs> just, because he's just there and no one gives a damn. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing I can think of because Officer Bar Brady, like the way he talks is very like, you know, you know, it's that character. But Alex Marvis is just so indescript and just like. You're here because you're friends with TK. <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, that's one of my favorite ones. That and Twinkle Toes, McFinger Bank. Those are the two best. Yeah, good lord. <sighs> well, he also has a nickname for Shotzi Blackheart that's super immature. But anyway, Tell me it has to do with with human feces. Oh, well, it does. Replace the O in Shotzi with an I, and okay. then well, heart... there's a reason for that. But and we'll, and then we'll get into that. Well, and then the the heart. It's something that rhymes with heart. It starts with an S-H. So there you go. But anyway, uh, Sting recently talked about the infamous Victory Road situation. He said, quote, the, this is not what I wanted. I had something really good planned out, and I was ready to have an incredible match with Jeff that night. I'm very, dis- <laughs> I'm very disappointed I'm, and hurt. Go ahead. I'm just like, that's not what you wanted? Really? You could have fooled me. I know. That's why I, I was you like. you wanted that. Yeah, it's like, what? I thought it all went according to plan, Sting. What the, what? I mean, I get it. I'm not laughing at it, but it's like, redundant statement much? I know. Anyway, back to this. He said, quote, so is everyone else. The ripple effect of what that match, or of that match, is bigger than you can imagine. It's still hitting. We have to, I have to, deliver it lockdown. It's got to be an outstanding match. I'm doing my very best to get ready, end quote. Well, we'll get into that here in a few. But, yeah, that's a quote from the Stinger. Meanwhile, when Eric Bischoff was asked about what uh, Hardy should do to make up for his actions, he said, quote, I'm still I'm still angry at Jeff Hardy. So it's hard for me to discuss what I think he could do or should do, because until I quit uh, or until I quit being angry at him uh, and about the situation, whatever would come out of my mouth would probably be counterproductive, end quote. Did you hear I'm mad about it? Uh, actually, he's calmed down. Did have you heard his his uh, take on the situation on his recent podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Where he talked, he said uh, he's disappointed and he's upset about it. But he said he's not angry. And he he said he's he's learned a lot about addiction since then. So he said his the way he reacted then is not how he would react now to Jeff. But I guess um Dick, he said he wanted him fired, and I guess Bruce Pritchard did too. But Dixie wanted to keep him on, keep him around. 
So they compromised and said the only way they'd uh, keep him on the roster is if he went around and apologized to everybody for what he did. So, and I guess Hulk Hogan was a huge supporter of his. So uh, Eric said that really hurt Hulk when all that went down because he had such high hopes for Jeff. Speaking of Hulk Hogan and TNA, uh, Hulk Hogan addressed Desmond Wolf's status with TNA Wrestling Friday on his Twitter account. When asked when fans uh, could expect Wolf to return to television, Hogan responded, quote, Desmond's situation is beyond TNA's control. The ball is completely in his court, end quote. Well, it wasn't in his court. He, uh, it, it was more in fate's control, and yeah, he never returned to the ring. Well, he's doing well now. Is he still in WWE? Yeah, he's on NXT UK. Oh, that's right. I forgot they put him on UK. That's right. Yeah. I mean, well, it's where he belongs. He would, He's a great commentator. So I guess uh, Bruce Pritchard said they tried to make him a commentator in w, in uh, TNA, and he wanted to get into acting, and he kept showing up late for work because he would go like try out for things. So he was like, well, if you're not going to be dedicated to this job that we're trying to help you out with, then, you know, we'll just let you go. On a similar similar note, Hulk Hogan tweeted the following, quote, Good morning, real wrestling people. Lockdown is going to be intense Sunday in Cincinnati. This is not for the uh, PG faint of heart. HH about bringing Randy Savage to TNA. Man, I wish we could have his butt off the couch, or we could get his butt off the couch. He would add so much to the creative. HH. End quote. Yeah. When did Savage die? Um, 13, I think. Nah. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it sucks that Savage's career literally ended with that crap-ass match he had uh, in TNA, where, what, did he do one move, right? Like, one body slam or something? I think he did that in the elbow drop. Oh, okay, yeah. It, wa- it wasn't much, and he wrestled in, like, a black bodysuit, basically. <sighs> oh, well. He left us a lot of great memories, though. Uh, last story I have here, uh, also sticking with Hulk Hogan. Uh, barring a physical setback, the general feeling is that Hogan will return to the ring at some point. Since undergoing his last back surgery in late December, Hogan has gotten himself in much better shape uh, that he's been in recent years. The procedures have been a huge success in terms of reducing the level of pain that he has been dealing with on a daily basis. Well, he technically returned to the ring after this, but uh, he didn't really do much. Was that at Bound for Glory, where it was him versus Sting this year? Yeah, it was this year, I believe. Okay. And I don't think he took a single bump. I think he fell, but I don't know if you qualify as a bump. I don't know. Uh, Eric Bischoff said he had to get like a fistful of pills just to get himself out of bed in the morning. He was in so much pain. That sucks, man. Yeah. His liver, man. Just yeah, I know. You got to think about it. Well, because he said, uh, well, oh, he said he was in so much pain. He said he didn't even show up at creative meetings unless he absolutely had to, because he said uh, he would send Eric, and Eric would return to him and kind of give him the notes because he just couldn't travel a whole lot. He was in so much damn pain. But I think he's doing okay now. I think he had some really like big time back surgery that took care of a lot of his issues. So good for him. But anyway, um, that kind of does it for the news and notes. Anything else you wanted to add before we get into the event? Um, no. All right. I was excited so. to cover this event, though. 
Yes, I am too. Uh, definitely, if you are listening to us on the podcast feed, subscribe and review. Leave a review, please. Five stars, just like good old Uncle Dave. And, you know, if we were in the Tokyo Dome recording this podcast, it would be seven stars, though. Yeah, we have a million listeners. Exactly. And uh, if you are listening to us on the Unhinged Sports Network and you are coming in late, never fear. We are our first replay of this podcast is at 9:30 p.m. Eastern time, which would be 6:30 p.m. Eastern time, or excuse me, Pacific time. So uh, you can catch up on the podcast, like I said, if you're coming in late. But we will get into the event right after this here break. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way there. back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well... What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at the broadcast. that's B-R-O... K-A-S-T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's alright, good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. If your loved one is at risk of a fall, the Symphony Medical Alert System from CVS Health can help support their safety in their home with 24-7 emergency monitoring, even when you can't be there. Terms and conditions apply. Learn more about Symphony at cvs.com symphony or find it at your nearest CVS Health Hub. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube now back to the show all right time to dive into the event at hand we are getting locked down with tna lockdown 2011 the date april 17th 2011 the tagline it's my time hmm (laughs) clever yeah uh i there was somebody else that was talking about my time is now around this time that was a big deal, but you know, whatever. Anyway, the uh, venue, yeah, the venue was the formerly U.S. Bank Arena in Cincinnati, Ohio. The attendance was four thousand. Pay-per-view buy rate was twenty-three thousand. Yikes! That is that's horrible by every metric. Yeah, it is TNA though. Well, and then uh, it's – I guess now it's called the Heritage Bank Center is what the U.S. Bank Arena was. I'm trying to find – capacity is about like – for ice hockey is about 14,000. So – and that's that's like the smallest capacity you can have. So they had it, what, a third of the way full? Your take. Yeah. Yikes. Anyway, the opening package for the show is uh, is really showcasing that – Blood will be spilled. It looked more like uh, an advertisement for the show Dexter <laughs> than a TNA show. But then we move into the flood. Tons of blood, bro. Throw it at the wall. 
That's what it was. Ideas, but anyways. <laughs> wow. Uh, the first match of the show is an eight-man escape match for the number one contendership for the TNA X Division title. It's Chris Saban versus Robbie E with Cookie. <laughs> yeah. Listen, he didn't have Cookie with him for very long, I don't think. What? Not even a full six like, months. Uh, I'll say like maybe it's close to a year. Was it? Yeah, I seem like it was. I mean, maybe. I don't know. They seem like they phased her out fairly quickly, but maybe that was just I phased her out of my mind pretty quickly. I hated oh, this whole gimmick. Oh, how dare you? Versus Jeremy. Jersey Shore, dude. The buses were there. I think that's the yeah. thing, right? I don't know. They on, had... uh, you supposed that every time it aired, the buses are here. I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah, I have no idea. Well, it was... I told me. They ripped off the Jersey Shore logo, and for their vignettes, it just said, The Shore. Like, okay. Well, I mean, you're in Florida, so I assume you're talking like the Florida Shore. Like, <laughs> effing stupid. It's just gonna hurt your head. And and for those that don't remember, you know, in apparently in Jersey Shore, it was a thing where they said GTL Jim Tan Laundry. Well, he was GTW Jim Tan Russell. <sighs> oh my God. Yeah. That's what and that meant. Yeah. You you remember that was on his trunks GTW? I do, but I didn't know that's what it meant. Yeah, the only reason I know that because they pounded it freaking home on commentary when he first started saying that crap. Because I didn't watch that garbage. I don't know. I just know, yeah, he looks like one of the guys yeah. from the show with that hey, love hammering stuff home on commentary, man. You know, you know what uh, what uh, Relic is, right? Oh, well, well, of, which is, of course, killer spelled backwards. So, <laughs> but And uh, Robbie E, again, for people that didn't watch the show, was a take on Paulie D from Jersey Shore. And he had the same haircut, and oh, now he's, he's Robbie Stone. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he's in uh, he's in NXT now. He looked fairly like a fairly good sized dude in TNA. Goes to WWE, he looks pretty small. Uh, like, to be still... fair, he's like with he does stuff with women. They're like three times the size. To be fair, I know, but it's just, like he's dwarfed by everybody. Like, damn, you are a small dude. But anyway, Cookie was obviously a take on Snooky. So, real original there. Money! Yeah. But it's Chris Saban, Robbie E., Jeremy Buck, Max Buck. Jeremy and Max Buck were the young bucks, but they were Generation Me, whatever. Jeremy was uh, Nick uh, uh, Nick Jackson, and Max was Matt Jackson. Uh, but also in the match was Amazing Red, Jay Lethal, Brian Kendrick, and Suicide. I don't know who Suicide was portrayed by here unless it was Kaz doing double duty, which it very well could have been. Anyway, the match went for 13 and a half minutes. Uh, I have always hated the idea of multi-man cage matches where you have to tag in and out. It just, yeah. on its kind face, of, seems stupid. Yeah. Uh, Robbie E. eliminates Suicide first, proving that his push is dead. <laughs> uh, or his push committed suicide. I No. <laughs> Oh, no. Hell Come no. on. Uh, this is name. I'm just anyway. Chris Saban eliminates Amazing Red next. Max Buck eliminates Jeremy Buck. Brian Kendrick pins Robbie E. Finally, Max Buck knocks Brian Kendrick off the cage and escapes for the win. Uncle Dave gave this one and three quarter star. I gave it two and a half stars for average. What say you? I gave it two. It was better than I thought it was. 
than I remember it being. My problem during this was that Max and Jeremy Buck were feuding brother partners. Yeah, which they have yet to do in AEW, by the way. What the hell? Because nobody wants to see that garbage, especially from that, like... Oh, sorry, Bruce... you're talking about them or AEW? Good grief. Russo did that. That was one of his biggest things where it's like, wait a minute, partners can't get along. That doesn't make any sense. Partners got to fight. Bro, we're going to fight, fight and beat the hell out of each other. Brothers got to fight. You like that Maybe. one? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he fought along with his own brothers, you know? I don't think I think he was an only child, as far as I know, which might explain a lot. He had a lot of time to himself. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. Ooh, know. Reminds me, I gotta do something. I'll do it later. Wow. Uh, but that was, yeah, I don't know. That was a thing with him. And then it's like, so you guys are mad at each other. You're feuding. You're against each other in the same match. Yet you wear matching attires. Okay, I get it. Whatever. No, you Stupid. don't. Whatever. Yeah, no, I don't get it. I don't want to get it. Eric Bischoff now comes to the ring to cut a promo. He says that this is a very happy night for him because Immortal will squash Fortune tonight and because he gets to see Hulk Hogan execute his vision tonight and win total control of TNA. I guess that was a thing where if uh, Immortal won, then they get complete control over TNA. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But if Fortune wins, then Dixie keeps her power. It seemed like this was the, the stipulation of every main event through the year 2011. Yeah, just like in WCW, Russo always had like a winner gets to be commissioner crap every single week. So it's yeah. Another, it's another Russoism. Yeah. Seriously, go back and watch any 2000 in WCW. They always had commissionership on the line. Yeah, because we had, what was it, Piper, Miller, Sanders, Flair. Oh, that's above average, Mike Sanders, by the way. Yeah, yeah, he's not good. He's just, he's above average. We now go backstage with a stunning Christy Hemi standing by with Scott Steiner and Crimson. I actually have a Crimson t-shirt, by the way. I think it's the only Why? Crimson t-shirt. <laughs> I... <laughs> uh, because I liked Crimson. I thought he was, I was a fan of his when he first debuted and he was doing his singles run. Uh, anyway, Crimson puts over that uh, he's now Scott's protege. Okay, uh, Steiner. Yeah. Steiner says that he's he has not evaluated his opponents tonight because quote evaluating's for punk asses. <laughs> uh, he then put <laughs> right, uh, but then he puts over Cincinnati, establishing himself as the major babyface. So there you go. Uh, by the way, the Crimson T-shirt kind of looked like an Affliction brand shirt, but it said Crimson on it. So. Yeah, everything did back then. <laughs> Right. I liked it. I don't know. I still wear it to this day. Nobody knows what the hell it is, but that's fine. Uh, he he the, probably wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, the next match is a four-team cage match. It is Ink Ink, which is Shannon Moore and Jesse Neal, taking on the British Invasion of Brutus Magnus and Douglas Williams, versus Eric Young and Orlando Jordan, versus Scott Steiner and Crimson. This went just shy of nine <laughs> minutes. <laughs> a lot of crazy-ass teams in this <laughs> I I know it's like what Why Ink Ink yeah, Ink Ink by the way the the reason they were named that is because Shannon Moore owned a tattoo parlor actually named Ink Ink and you know so uh it, and they were all tattooed up so but Eric Young is wearing the old TNA title that he found in a dumpster another Russoism apropos <laughs> wow 
I like how, and I just talked with somebody about this. I, I said, it's not like they were recognizing it as a real title. Uh, they had redesigned the belt and threw the old one away, and he just pulled the old one out of the dumpster and was like, hey, I'm uh, I'm champion now. It's like, kind of like no. what Moose just did with that same title. Yep. And then he got a white strap on it. Yeah. And now well, it's, yeah, you got to make it original. Right. And that, and now it's gone, and Rich Swan is the only effing champion because when I think of the champion of wrestling, I think of Rich Evan Swan. Right. <laughs> wow. It was literally a Swan versus a Moose. Anyway, and the Swan won. I know. Good grief. Uh, the Young and Jordan Tron says, "I heart tag teaming." You get it because Orlando is bisexual, and Eric doesn't get it. Do you, do you get the joke, Greg? Do you, do you get it now? I'm just rolling on the floor. Yeah. Well, uh, Taz makes a joke about not wanting Jordan to go behind him. Because you get it, Greg, because he's bisexual. <laughs> so stupid. But when Steiner comes in, he suplexes the crap out of the Brits. Because, you know, he's super American. Everyone is <laughs> Everyone is down. Eric Young randomly takes his shorts off. I forgot he used to do that. <laughs> And he escapes the cage, which doesn't mean uh, anything in this match. I can lie, I laugh my ass off. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, he escapes the cage, which doesn't win the match. It just means you escape the cage. Uh, Moore hits the Morgasm, real name, on Douglas Williams, and he wins the match via pinfall for Ink Ink. Ah, gosh. Uh, me and Uncle Dave gave it two stars. What say you? I gave it one. I did not like this at all. I didn't think it was too bad, and I thought they utilized Scott Steiner about as well as he could be utilized in 2011. What's that saying? He came in and suplexed the absolute just dog crap out of everybody, and Suplex City. there you go. Oh, oh, I mean, oh, since... <laughs> yeah, Suplex City. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. That's about as good as you could get out of this, so it was whatever. I did not enjoy the Orlando Jordan and uh, Eric Young team. I really didn't enjoy anything Orlando Jordan did in his TNA run. I don't know. I like how being bisexual was literally his gimmick. Yeah, that's my problem with Sunny Kiss. I'm like, that's his whole thing. Hey, look, uh, I'm gay. Like, okay. What else? Is that a gimmick? What else you got? I mean, that's like someone come up and say, hey, look, I'm, I'm heterosexual. Or I'm Mexican. I'm black. Okay. At least. What else uh, you got? <laughs> I mean, Who people cares? can argue. People can argue that's Dalton Castle's gimmick, but at least he's funny. Also, it's like, is it? You know, he's kind of got the whole is he or isn't he thing, so it's kind of like a mystery. Yeah, well, he's... Which kind of adds uh, to it, so... Yeah, he's androgynous, pal. Yeah. God dang it. This is just, like, stupid. I don't remember I don't his debut. I don't anybody when I say that. I'm not, it has nothing to do with the sexuality. Just, it was stupid. No, yeah, you remember his debut where he, he lowered himself into the ring, spinning around while, like, wrapped in caution tape? Yeah, and then he, and I then thought he, it was, I'll be honest, I thought it was cool that he kind of repelled from the Raptors. That was, that was unique, um, I'll say that. For people that don't know, the caution tape thing was a Lady Gaga look. So that's See, I didn't know that until you just said that, honestly, so there Yeah, you so that's why he did that. And then he crawled over. To, they had like a little living room set that he walked over, and there was a man and a woman. He kissed both of them, and then they cut to commercial. And the crowd, when they went to commercial, chanted, "That was awkward." <laughs> Wasn't that woman? Uh, was her name Chelsea? Or no, was it Chelsea? Uh, no, Chelsea was uh, uh, Desmond Wolf. 
Yeah, but wasn't that her before she was that? No, this was a no. This was a different time. Uh, I can't remember. This, this was just a random chick. She didn't last very long. At least I don't think it was oh, her. Surprise. They got rid of both of them pretty quickly because they were just uh, random pretty guy and random pretty girl, number five and seven, you know, whatever. But anyway, Madison Rain is walking with Tara backstage with the and Madison Rain's got the most gigantic tiara you've ever seen. When they're stopped by Christy Hemi. Not exactly Hemi. what I thought you were going to say. Wow. <laughs> uh, but they're stopped by Christy Hemi for an interview. Madison Rain says that she's going to cut Mickey's hair tonight, and she tries to cut Tara's hair, but Tara pushes her away. Madison tells Tara that she's tired of her, and she wants her to stay backstage tonight. This was when Tara was like, she was beaten by Madison Rain and forced to quit or was fired or whatever. And then Madison brought her back as her bodyguard. And then for some reason, they kissed each other before each match, even though neither one of them were because, bro. that way. Bro, pretty girls kissing each other, bro. Nobody cares if they're gay. It just had to happen, bro. It makes my wiener feel funny, bro. What the hell? <laughs> what? It's probably what he's thinking. Anyway, we get this next match. It's Madison Rain versus Mickey James. Madison is defending the TNA Knockouts title. It's Knockouts Women's Title versus Hair Match in a Cage. It only lasts 35 seconds. Uh, Way too long. The the reason for this, like they showed in the build up package, uh, Tara was riding around a like a motorcycle at this time, like one of those crotch rocket deals. And she apparently ran down Mickey James backstage and either broke her. Or I think she dislocated her shoulder or something like that. I think it was legit because of the way this match went. Either that or they were just still playing it up. But I said, I guess Madison Rain was a great heel because the build up to this match really reminded me of why I hated her. It's just I couldn't freaking stand her. She also sucked, like we pointed out earlier. So there's that. Mickey jumps her as soon as she gets in the cage, hits the Mickey DT, and wins. Uh, she's got a... Se- oh, it's a separated shoulder. Uh, that's what it was. So that's probably why Uncle Dave and I both gave it a dud, because it was half a minute with one move. What say you? I wasn't even sure I could rate this match. Um, but I just said one star. Was it, was it a match? Yeah, I mean, technically it was, but yeah. You had two bells with something happening, with a pinfall in between. <laughs> that was it. It seemed like Madison Rain was like a 500-time knockouts champion. I don't know why they kept giving her that damn belt when she sucked so damn bad. It's like, do you seriously have nobody else to push? I don't I'm going to leave the obvious alone, but... <laughs> wow. Christy Hemi interviews Matt Morgan backstage about his upcoming match with Hernandez. Morgan says that He's going after the world title after tonight. But first, he says Hernandez keeps talking about how great Mexico is and how much America sucks. Tonight, he's kicking his head all the way back to Mexico. <sighs> yeah. You know, the only thing I could think of during this, Greg, was how the hell could you push a guy with that haircut? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Look, sorry, I love this off. That's one of the dumbest things he's ever said. I know. Like, really? He had he did pretty decent promos. He had good fire. He had a cool entrance theme. He looked great. Okay, no, he had a badass entrance theme. Yeah, he did. And just like, what the hell, man? 
whatever. I, he was the blueprint. Well, apparently what not to do or who to push. I guess. Yeah, it sucked. Speaking of suck, Things we, get sucked. The, we get the build-up package for D'Angelo De Niro versus Samoa Joe, and it reminded me of how weird this feud was. Joe was suspicious that of uh, D'Angelo De Niro was like collecting for money for charity, supposedly. And Joe was suspicious that the collections for charity were not going to charity. So he has so he has his sidekick, Okado, which is New Japan Pro Wrestling's Kazuchika Okada, dressed like Kato from the Green Hornet. Uh, goes to get footage of Pope going into a strip club. De Niro catches Okado, ties him up, and whips him on camera. Because he's a bad boy and he deserved it. Okay, that took a weird turn. Um, <laughs> this whole thing was a weird turn. Uh, I just couldn't help but point out the racial overtones here. But I mean, I mean, yeah, maybe a little bit. It's like, wait a minute, this black guy is collecting uh, money for charity. I don't well, know if I trust. No, I could. That, that part could be anything. But like, once they get to the strip club, like, so he's, he's like a pimp. I mean, it was always kind of implied that I, I don't know why his nickname was the Pope, but yeah, he was always kind of like a. Pimp, well, from my understanding, kinda, well, he was always the black pope, and they, they didn't want to use that in Impact because yeah, so that's probably why. But. Yeah, but still, it's like, uh, what does that have to do with your gimmick, where you seem kind of like a? I mean, his last name is De Niro for money, so whatever. But like, like, dude, who the hell remember who the he, who Cato or the Green Hornet freaking was in 2011? Chris Saban. Yeah. It's like, really? You're going to, like, a show from, like, the 70s. And how racist was that damn gimmick? Bro, he's Japanese with dark hair, bro. He looks like he looks like Bruce Lee because he's Japanese. Like, n- <laughs> no? That's probably what he said. <laughs> bro, nobody cares about Japanese wrestlers, bro. He He's Asian, so he looks like Bruce Lee. We'll put him in a mask. He's okay, though, bro. That's literally what he said. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee it. That's pathetic. This actually killed the New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, partnership with TNA because of how badly they treated Okada. Could you freaking blame them? Nope. And this was, I and keep in mind, this was before he was the Rainmaker and he really mattered. But still, like that was hell of like like stupid and racist well now at this point now he's gonna shake that i think he has but like you put him in a position like that like that's what he's gonna remember for right but the next match is pope d'angelo de Niro versus samoa joe in a steel cage it went just shy of 11 minutes as much as i hated this feud this is by far my favorite match of the night so far not of the total night but so far it's been the best match I know that's faint praise, but anyway, uh, Joe hits the muscle buster at one point, but Pope gets his foot on the ropes, rope break in a cage match, whatever. Uh, he tries to escape. Don't Joe. question it. <laughs> he tries to escape, but Joe pulls his Pope's tights down, showing everybody his ass. Man ass. And then he does an elbow drop off the off the top rope, still with his ass hanging out. So, yeah. Anyway, De Niro makes a short comeback until Joe makes. Pope tapped to the Coquina Clutch. Dave gave it two and a half stars. I gave it three. What do you say? I gave it three as well. Was my favorite match up to this point as well. I think we're going to align our favorite match of the night, by the way. 
probably. Yeah, that, I mean, the match was good, just the feud, I I don't take points away because of the feud, but, like, watching the build-up package, I was not excited for this at all. So, I don't know. But I do love Joe, I love Pope, they were two of my favorites at the time. Up next, Hernandez is backstage with his group, Mexican America, which I forgot was a thing. <laughs> He's got Anarchia, Rosita, and Sarita, who is actually Canadian, and Rosita is Zelina Vega. They He's Puerto uh, Rican. Right, yeah. I Well, none of these, well, excuse me, uh, Hernandez was, I guess, Mexican by, like, uh, didn't you say he didn't even speak Spanish? He's yeah, I heard Mexican he, I think by heritage. They sent him to Mexico to learn Spanish. <laughs> Makes sense. And Rosita was, I think she was Mexican, but she was Canadian. Like she wasn't even. They, oh, they call it's only it Me- Mahal, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, they call it Mexican America. Um, neither one. <laughs> Anarchia. I don't know who the hell this guy was. But they all say a few words in Spanish and talk over each other over and over, and that's the gist of the promo. But up next, we got Hernandez with Mexican America versus the Blueprint Matt Morgan steel cage match with just over eight minutes. These two actually brawl inside of the cage, having the most legit cage match of the night so far, actually utilizing the cage. In the end, all three members of Mexican America climb the cage, trying to distract Matt Morgan as Hernandez goes up to the top. Hernandez dives off, and Matt Morgan hits the carbon footprint out of midair onto, uh, onto Hernandez for the win. Uncle Dave only gave it a star and a half. I gave it two and a half. What say you? I gave it two. It was fun. I didn't hate it. Groundbreaking, but it was fun. No. I don't think these two ever, and I liked both of these guys separately. I liked them. I thought they were a decent tag team. I don't think they had much chemistry against each other. Plus the fact that they were always saddled with stupid gimmick matches. Do you remember the first blood one? Mm, do I? That's the one where Hernandez, you can see him blading himself in the corner because the cameraman was an idiot. And then he takes a spray bottle full of uh, red liquid and squirts it all over Morgan's chest. And then the referee sees it and is like, oh, Morgan's bleeding. I don't remember that. Sounds like I'm happy I don't. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, you're very, you're very fortunate with that one. It, it effing sucked. <sighs> but anyway, I, I did like the final move, the carbon footprint out of midair. That was awesome. But everyone leaves the cage after the match, except for the women who get into the cage. Sarita claims that, quote, this is typical for TNA and, quote, typical for America to hold Mexicans down. Not sure who was being held down or how, but whatever. I think he just got kicked out of midair and pinned. Uh, but both... He was being knocked down. Yeah, right. Uh, both women then go on a rant about being the best, and no one in the knockouts division can stand up to them. Just then, Velvet Sky's music hits, and she rushes the ring. Velvet literally dropped Toehold's Rosita, and she takes a powder, and then beats up Sarita, and the heels bail. Okay. Uh, I like I, how I don't remember like what happened after, but I think it was setting up something. Oh God, yeah, I don't even remember. They had some crap. Rosita, Rosita sucked. That's why when I saw she was gonna wrestle in WWE, I like held my breath. I was like, 
I hope to God she improved. <laughs> and she did, uh, she did not. I she disagree. did a bit. I, I, I disagree. She sucks. That's why I don't get when everyone was like losing their crap and she got released. I'm like, oh no. I didn't care about. Oh, no, no I, I didn't care about her wrestling. I, I thought she was a great manager. Like she cut good promos. She did great stuff at ringside. I thought she added a lot to Andrade, but. I don't know. Hey, both of them are released now, so they can uh, get back together if they want to. The The thing that made me laugh about that whole thing, though, was Sarita didn't think ahead. And you could, as Velvet Sky is rushing the ring, she's unzipping her boots to get out of them because she was wearing high heel yeah. boots. <laughs> but Christy Hemme is interviewing Carrie, Karen Jarrett backstage in what looks like a bathroom. Ugh, this, yikes. Karen said that she's not worried about the match between Jeff Jarrett and Kurt Angle tonight because Jeff is the Ultraman. This entire feud was super personal and made me feel a bit dirty, but I guess it serves its purpose, so I liked it. And this was the feud that Bruce Pritchard talked about. He said uh, from day one he got there and he was told, never bring up a feud between these two. It's never going to happen. So he just said, okay. And then one day they decided, I guess it can happen. He's like, Okay, <laughs> so something changed along the way. Either way, this one was Jeff Jarrett with Karen Jarrett versus Kurt Angle in an ultra male rules steel cage match. Yeah, uh, <laughs> 22 and a half minutes this went. Uh, I, guess, male. <laughs> I guess this is a two out of three falls match where the third fall was you had to escape from the cage. Is am, Do I got that right? think so yeah i don't know they didn't do a good job explaining the rules so i was a little lost uh the referee kicks karen jared out of ringside instantly kurt wins the first fall with an ankle lock submission uh jeff jarrett wins the second fall with a schoolboy pin holding on to kurt's singlet uh jarrett unlocks the chain on the cage door kurt gets jeff down and goes to leave the cage but comes back in and locks the door back and stuffs the key into his crotch, so Jared ain't getting that. Uh, I don't know, unless he's, you know, that sort of thing, which, you know, whatever. He could call Orlando Jordan out there to get it for him. Anyway, um, <laughs> Jeff, gets, Jeff gets busted open. Kurt hits a dangerous-looking Super Hurricane Rana, nearly killing both of them. Gunner, who is Jackson Riker in the WWE right now, comes down to the ring, preventing Kurt from escaping the cage. So Kurt moonsaults onto Jarrett. I thought he missed it, but apparently not. The camera work was horrible for that. Uh, Scott Steiner now comes down to chase Gunner off. As Angle tries to leave through the cage door, Karen Jarrett runs down, and I guess she sprayed hairspray or perfume or something in his eyes. The blinded Kurt Angle clotheslines the ref. Karen holds Jeff, or hands Jeff his guitar. He's got to get that spot in. Uh, Angle puts him in the ankle lock, but Jeff turns around and Elka bongs him. Jarrett then goes to crawl out again. Angle ankle locks him again, but Karen pulls Jeff out for the win. This was super overbooked, and I feel like the wrong guy won, but I still gave it three and a half stars. Uh, Uncle Dave gave it four. What say you? I said three, but I was on the fence. I said two or three, but... Was this your favorite of the night? No. No? Oh, okay. Well, okay. We, we still got two more to go, but... It was, it was fun. I might have to say two. I don't just. I was leaning more towards two. Mm, I, I, 
I thought the match itself was really good. I just, they overbooked the crap out of it. I mean, do you feel that way? But you act like that's a new thing here. I know. Well, that was always a problem with TNA. They overbooked the crap out of something that could be good on its own. Just let them have a damn match. The whole thing about ultra male rules, though, was like, oh, my God. Yeah, it was stupid. (sighs) This This whole thing was stupid. The thing, the one thing that got me was Jarrett always got the better of Kurt. Like, in what effing world? One thing that I did like, though, too, um, <laughs> was this, like, was this app before the whole uh, custody of the kids thing? Uh, I don't, I don't remember. It might have been. I keep going back to that thing you said in court. Well, I defeated him in a wrestling match, so. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, that settles it then. Court adjourned. <laughs> Boom. Oh, man. That's legally binding, you know. <laughs> That was just, yeah, stupid. This whole feud just was weird, and I, like I said, I feel like the wrong guy won, and it was... It, I I want to give them the benefit of the doubt and say they, uh, they ran with it because it got out about the whole Jarrett and Karen thing, so they decided to go with it. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it had been out for a while at this point. That's that's why they told... That's originally why they told um, Bruce Pritchard never to bring it up, because they said, well, it's, you know, the, they'll never... We'll never make a feud about this, ever. It's just, you know, we're going to keep it backstage. And he's like, you know, everybody knows, right? <laughs> but, your little secret. Yeah, right. Yeah, but, I mean, this was literally a stipulation match inside of a cage. But they've got to have three run-ins and weapons. Whatever. Uh, but the pre-match package for the world title match paints Mr. Anderson as the lovable underdog against the megastars of Sting and Rob Van Dam. Uh, Hall, new Hall of Famer Rob Van Dam, by the way. It uh, lays out Anderson's long, convoluted journey to this match, and convoluted. And, <laughs> yeah, it it was nothing was a straight line with TNA. I mean, yeah, you can be like, oh, well, they're adding more to it. Yeah, but after a while, who the hell can follow all that garbage? <sighs> anyway, uh, Sting defends the. TNA World Title against Rob Van Dam and Mr. Anderson in a triple threat steel cage match. This went just shy of eight minutes. It was pretty cool to see Sting lock in a Scorpion Deathlock on both men at the same time, by the way. Uh, but I'm still confused as to the reason why there are rope breaks in a triple threat cage match. Don't think about it. It's just going to hurt your head. Yeah, it just... Uh, uh. Hulk Hogan comes down about four minutes into this thing, and he hands a huge lead pipe to RVD, throws it away. Anderson then picks it up, and he blasts RVD, telling Hogan, that wasn't for you. It was for me. <laughs> so, so we, I like we how he was, like, waving the pipe at him, too. It, just, it looks so phallic <laughs> <laughs> I know. But I like how they have to just drive it home. They can't leave anything to imagination. He had to let it. He was like, that wasn't, that wasn't for you. I'm not, I... I'm not with Hulk. I'm on the other side of the fence. I love that he said that. It made it more clear. I, I I get it. And and it did fit with Anderson's character, so I didn't hate it. Uh, but Sting hits the Scorpion Death Drop on Anderson for the win. This was short and anticlimactic. Uncle Dave gave it one and a half stars. I gave it an even two. What say you? I love all three of these guys, but man, this match was brutal. I gave it Sucked. one. I don't get it. Yeah, wait, what happened? Hey, like, we're... Like, did somebody go long and they had to make time for the main event? <laughs> yeah. What was, what was the longest match on here? I think 
that last match you watched, that felt like dragged on. Ah, that was another yeah. one. I just realized in my notes, I'm like, man, this match went way too long. That's why I said that that ultra male match was two two stars. It just yeah. went way too long, man. I got bored. I'm like, oh my god, this is Kurt Angle. How am I getting bored? That match, that match was about the. It was like 20 seconds shy of the main event time. So, <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. And and I, since when, by the yeah, way, by the main, is, I'll get to the main event has multiple guys too. So yeah. Well, since when is the is your world title match the come down match? Like, who the hell booked that garbage? Well, it's well, I mean, the lockdown's got to close. I get it. Well, I I don't I don't dispute that, but they put a big built up long match, uh, followed by the world title match, followed by another big built up long match. It's bad placement in my opinion, but yeah, I, I mean, and know. brother. Do you- on Anarchia, didn't even get a spot on the card. They had to be on the pre-show. I mean, what was that about? Oh, I know, right? I I need me some more Anarchia. I'll, I, I, I swear. I don't even remember that match because they showed a clip of it like earlier on in the pre-show. Yeah, uh, I swear to God, I forgot who his name was. I had to look at like at one point they finally say what his name is. I'm like, ah, Anarchia. I semi remember you. <laughs> Did he ever do anything after this? Not that I'm aware, no. I think this was it. He he might have popped up in AAA for a little while, but I, I don't follow it enough to remember. But anyway, we're about to move into the main event here. We're going to take our second-to-last break of the podcast. When we come back, we're going to get into Lethal Lockdown. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. It's the very best of professional wrestling's past every Monday on Retro Wrestling Review. I'm your host, Troy, and together we'll hop on my time-traveling wrestling ring and watch along to the greatest matches from yesteryear in the sport of kings. As complex, as controversial, and as brilliant, really, as he is. On Triple R, we'll cover matches from across the world, including American territories, Canada, Mexico, and Japan. Fast action, lots more than that. You'll learn some things, find out about wrestlers and matches you never even knew about, and we'll have some laughs. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Retro Wrestling Pod. Retro Wrestling Review is available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube, served up fresh every Monday morning. Unbelievable! The crowd! Absolutely stunned! The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. 
The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. Getting into all of this. Uh, I forgot to mention after that last match, by the way, Sting tells Hulk Hogan to get into the cage with him. Hogan points to his watch and he says, it's not time yet. Yeah, brother, we got another like six months until or shoot longer than that. <laughs> it's like I got to dope myself up real nice and good for that match, brother. He was probably I, I, I somewhat joke, but he probably did dope himself up just to get in that ring for that Bound for Glory match. Yeah, what a match it was. Oh, glorious, man. But all right, uh, the main event, it was Immortal versus Fortune in a lethal lockdown match. Immortal was represented by Bully Ray, Matt Hardy, Abyss, and Ric Flair in slacks for <sighs> reasons. And they took on the team of Kazarian. Oh yeah, Ric Flair and TNA. You remember when they sent out that memo that said, quit letting him get naked and bleed on every TV? <laughs> For those that don't remember, Spike TV sent out a memo that leaked publicly that said, quit letting him take off his clothes and bleed all over every impact. That's pathetic. It really is. Yeah. Leave the memories alone, Rick. But anyway, uh, (laughs) Uh, Fortune was represented by Kazarian, Robert Roode, James Storm, and Christopher Daniels. This went just shy of 23 minutes. Kazarian starts this one out for Fortune, while Abyss starts off for Immortal. Immortal gets the man advantage when Matt Hardy comes in the cage next. I, for one, am shocked, by the way, that the heels get the advantage again. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like they're using a double-sided cord or something all the time. Yeah, I, I, like, man, the baby faces, it's it's like it's rigged against them. Like, it's supposed to be set up this way. Well, the women's war games that we went to in Chicago, I believe the faces had the advantage. Oh, yeah, it's been a couple of years, I forget. Uh, but anyway, uh, Christopher Daniels is second in for Fortune. I forgot Daniels was even in Fortunes. I, I was like, oh, yeah. Well, like, was he? I think he was just there, and they, like, brought him in. Yeah, he was sort of in the group, sort of I not. I think it was just AJ, Rude, Kaz, Storm. Storm. I think he just happened to... Just, Matt, well, when Fortune first started out, Matt Morgan and Nigel or uh, uh, Desmond Wolf were in the group too. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. That only lasted for like two weeks, but it it, it happened. Uh, but anyway, uh, Ric Flair is third in for Immortal. James Storm is next in for Fortune, and he busts a glass bottle over Flair's head, busting him open because Flair's got to bleed, as we alluded and to earlier. And we're not on Spike, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Finally, Bully Ray is in to complete the Immortal team. Robert Roode is last in for Fortune and goes off uh, before the cage before the cage roof lowers. I, I like how they they do the beer money thing as they're doing the pyro and the light show for the the cage low the cage roof lowering. Uh, Matt Hardy and Christopher Daniels uh, escape the cage yet again, negating the lethal lockdown, <laughs> and uh, they go up top. By now, Flair is covered in blood. Daniels dives off the cage onto Hardy and Abyss outside. Bully Ray beats everybody down with a kendo stick until AJ Styles' theme hits, and he returns. Apparently he was out injured, I forgot. But he returns, and he beats Bully Ray up. 
Fortune then all take turns beating Ric Flair up until Rude locks in a Fujiwara armbar, forcing Ric Flair to tap out. Uncle Dave gave this four stars. I gave it three and a half. What say you? Oh, good guy. I agree with Dave Meltzer. I gave it four. I thought this was great. I really liked it, but it's my favorite match in there here. Yeah, I would, I would, I don't know. It's, it's a toss-up for me between this and the Ultra Male rules, but I think this was more straightforward. And I mean, by design, it had a bunch of bullcrap with it, but I mean, that's what makes it fun. So, I uh, yeah, I always like the Lethal Lockdown matches. This wasn't after watching the 2006 Lockdown, which I absolutely loved. I didn't think this one was quite as good. And I think I gave that one four stars. Overall, so. yeah, not as good. But I think it had yeah. a better lock, lethal lockdown match, which to me is the essence of this event. No, I'm talking about the lethal lockdown match itself. I, I actually I thought the 2006 one was a little better, but I don't know. This one had more star power in it, I'll say that. So either way, it was really cool. Seeing somebody dive off the cage was awesome. You know, Dan- Daniels ain't scared of crap, man. But, no, and it's... It's amazing how he's never been, like, really hurt. <laughs> I know. He did say he doesn't have any cartilage in either one of his knees anymore, but... <laughs> no, only was Kevin Nash. That seems to be a thing. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have any... <laughs> I think everything in Kevin Nash's legs are artificial at this point. <laughs> but anyway, that wraps up the event. We are going to take our last break. When we come back, we're going to tell you our final ratings for the show and tell you what's to come next week. We'll be right back. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go maybe? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Roadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... K-A-S-T. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, Mike. Take it easy. They say, if you love something, set it free. At LifeLock, we say... What a load of bull hockey. All that saving up and paying off debt, and now some identity thief wants to set it free? Crazy talk. LifeLock helps monitor your info and alerts you to potential identity threats. If you become a victim, we'll help fix it. No one can monitor all transactions, but LifeLock helps you keep what's yours. Save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com with promo code LifeLock. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price.
Main Event Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. Final ratings time, man. IMDB gave this seven star, or excuse me, seven out of ten. Cagematch.net gave it 6.34 out of 10. I also gave it a 7 out of 10. What say you? Yeah, I give it a C plus. Yeah, I've seen better out of them, especially during this era. It wasn't bad, though. I mean, somebody asked, should I watch it? Yeah, it's above average. I like it. Above average Mike Sanderson. Why is that the second time we've mentioned that fool? <laughs> I saw the opportunity, like, we're going to get two missions. We're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of stupidity on this. I'm not going to lie. But the the opening match wasn't bad. Tag yeah, match my, was my biggest whatever. regret, though, is definitely Brother Devon Anarchy uh, not being on the show. But Yeah, that yeah. would have raised it. A, I, I might have given it an 8 out of 10 at that point. Uh, <laughs> Holy but, crap. <laughs> but the De Niro versus Joe match was definitely worth going back <laughs> and watching. The Ultra Male Rules was actually, you know, it was kind of fun. And the main event Ultra was pretty good. Ultra Male Rules match. That's a <laughs> real match, people. We are not making that up. Real match. Yep. Yep. Jarrett talking about, well, I took your bride. Now I'm going to take your pride. It's like, oh, this whole thing is really just, uh, I feel dirty watching it. I don't know. But anyway. I got hives. It's like I'm seeing Jason Knight or something. I got hives. <laughs> good grief it's like that um this this movie where it's like that is disgusting although i am aroused (laughs) anyway uh but that does it for this week's show man i now looking at the schedule we actually have a bonus show coming up this friday freaking bonus uh we are going to be covering the monday night raw from april 13th 1989 or excuse me 1998 not 89 that's a hell of a cover on 89 yeah yeah, right. I don't know how we're going to pull that one off. But April 13th, Maybe 1998. Yeah. Uh, but that was the episode of Raw, if nothing sticks out to you from that Raw. Uh, the main event was Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Mr. McMahon. It is the first Raw that broke the Nitro 83-week streak. So I figured we'd cover it and uh, have some fun with that one. It's been a while since I went back and watched I didn't know until I got Peacock, Every it looks like every single Raw is on there, right? Yeah, I think they've been uploading them week by week, so. Yeah, it looks like. Because they uh, started from 2006 to now, and now, yeah, so. Huh, okay. Yeah, they go back, I mean, they got so 20 I've been telling seasons. everybody, I'm like, oh my god, people are crying about there's not enough stuff. Dude, it's not like it's all going to be added at once. They're going to just keep uploading stuff. I'm like, oh my god, man, people are complaining about it. I'm like, just Wait. I don't know their reasoning behind the e- the various ECW shows they've uploaded because they're only specific ones. I'm assuming those are the ones that didn't require so much heavy editing. That's no, just no, my guess. No, they're only they're only editing racist stuff to my knowledge. So. Oh, they're not taking out anything about rape or murder I or anything. I think so because somebody in uh, the Major Pod group said there was like a match they were watching on an old school Raw had Tajiri and somebody, and King was making all kinds of. Japanese jokes and stuff. And oh, man. All in there, so... Ooh, I man. think they're just going... Everything they've edited so far has been blackface, to my knowledge. So they're not going to cut out with, like, the archive Smackdowns? They're not going to cut out gender talking about uh, Shinsuke's face looking funny and whatever? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's coming up this Friday uh, for the bonus show. 
Uh, like I said, Monday Night Raw is more from April 13th, 1998. Next week, April 28th, we are making a change here, but it is an anniversary show. Uh, we are covering In Your House, Good Friends, Better Enemies. It's 25-year anniversary. Took place in April of 1996. To my knowledge, this is Nash's last match in WWE. Yeah, it's it's Nash versus... Uh, I should say Diesel's uh, last match. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, it's Diesel versus uh, Michaels for the title in the main event. That's what it's all built around. So that'll be good. It's going to be good. Looking ahead for our May schedule, I may have to do some reworking and stuff, too, because I'm seeing some uh, I'm seeing some events that I, I don't know if they're on Peacock yet. Most of them are. Some of them aren't. So we'll work with it. But for now, you know, that is your schedule moving forward Two WWF shows still to come. Uh, just want to remind everybody to subscribe and leave a review, please. Five stars helps us out. If you aren't listening on the Unhinged Sports Network, check us out, unhingedsn.airtime.pro. And if you are listening on the Unhinged Sports Network and it's a Wednesday, you missed the beginning, our replay starts at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And we have another replay, 8 o'clock on Thursday, another one, 8 o'clock on Monday. It's all Eastern Time, by the way. So check us out then. Replays galore. And we are also sponsored by Fubo TV and Fanatics. Links are down in the podcast description. Let them know we sent you. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm-hmm. And we will see you all this Friday, Monday Night Raw. Summer vacation, here we come. Yep, I packed the craft beers I got at Total Wine. Did you remember a bathing suit? No, but I did pack a bunch of summer wines. Whites, rosés, Zinfandels. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. At Total Wine & More, we know what pairs perfectly with summer. Go ahead, test us. What goes best with a beach trip? This crisp rosé. A pool party? Try these craft beers. Oh, you're good. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine & More. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem-solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com.